Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? I want to introduce you guys to my brothers right here. This is the first episode of the Raw Daddy Hour, your grandma's favorite podcast, brought to you by yours truly, Raw Daddy the Black Hippie. To my left, I have both of my brothers. We got Shad the Black God, a.k.a. Quad Joe. We got Trav, a.k.a. the Black Sav. I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves a little bit. Start with my boy, Travis. Travis, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Travis X. I'm hailing from Tampa, Florida. I'm a photographer, graphic artist, and videographer. I mean, you pretty much hit the introduction on the head. Hailing from Jersey. Cinematographer, photographer. And yeah, looking forward to discussing a few topics over the next few weeks. And tapping with the people. All right, so let's go ahead and kick it off, guys. What we're talking about today is the black community, right? We've done our protesting, we've marched, we've signed petitions, we've had things going around social media, we've had conversations. But now I want to get your guys' opinion on what's the next steps for the black community? How do we keep this train moving, right? The train's already moving, but how do we continue to keep it moving? So Trav, I'm going to kick it to you first, because in my opinion, you have a pretty interesting slash radical opinion on all of this, but I need the people to hear where you're coming from. So, Trav, let's kick it off with you. So, um, the, the, uh, the word choice that I used before, which was, um, I, I said that I was okay with us going back into segregation. Um, using the word segregation, a lot of people that put an exclamation mark at the top of their head already because they automatically assume that I'm thinking like, hey, let's go back to these dirty water fountains and things like that. No, that's, that's not it. What I want... What I believe should happen is that we need to separate ourselves for a while and go through a process of, you know, re-heal, you know, uh, healing, re-education, uh, everything like that. Because so far, even before our generation and our parents' generation, it hasn't worked out integrating in America with everyone else. Um, you know, so everyone has their own little, um, you know, towns and neighborhoods that they can de that they definitely control the politics of. Black people still do not on a mass scale. So, yes, if we do go back to water fountains, as a matter of fact, I'm fine with that. You know why? Because I'm saying like our own personal water fountains that we keep together. Because like if you ever notice, bro, like sharing water fountains with everybody is not ideal, bro. Like even like, for example, if you're at the gym, do you really want to drink from that water fountain? Knowing that everybody else goes over there and they spit in that water fountain? I... I that's just a just a just like a quick example, but what what I'm saying is is that we we complain a lot about how our children are treated in schools. We complain a lot about how we're uh, misrepresented in the public eye. We're complaining about uh, how you know America's not doing enough for us. But if we honestly just decide to pull all of our money, resources, teachers, um, scientists, and everyone, and put back into our own community in our own little area. And we'll be able to sustain our own money, uh, politics, you know, education system, everything. Not allowing, you know, stop allowing these, you know, your enemy to, you know, teach your children, you know, who is, you know, their heroes or who they're supposed to look up to or who they're supposed to uh, model their lives after when we don't even relate with any of these people. You, I, you know, growing up in school, we were taught about George Washington, Benjamin Franklin and all these dudes own slaves. So how can I relate to them? because we weren't in the same situation had I been back there. Um, but that, that's my stance. That's where I think that black people should start pulling their money, you know what I mean, back 
from out of America. I don't care about Call of Duty saying Black Lives Matter or any other company saying that they stand with you. It doesn't matter. They should have been standing with us from the get-go. You know what I mean? Because we are the top consumers. But So my follow-up to that would be what's, what's the first step to kind of getting ourselves into this isolation or these you know safe spaces so to speak where we can kind of have these places where we're able to govern in politics like what's our first step to kind of getting into that realm one of the uh one of the things that i made what i believe is the first step is just start pulling your money you know what i mean you don't have to go to these restaurants anymore where you know you're going to be discriminated against there's plenty of black owned restaurants i mean i just found out about a couple here and i mean i haven't been back to brunch at snooze or um, what is it, La Peep? You know what I mean? Like, I, I put my money into black-owned businesses because at the same time, when I'm putting money back into them, it's coming back to me. And, that, I mean, that was great customer service at Neo's as well. So that's a good step for everybody else who wants to know about, you know, how you can start uh, pulling your money. We Buy Black. WeBuyBlack.com. They have a whole assortment of black-owned businesses where you have um, detergent, um, facial products, skin, uh, all types of skin products and hair products. So you can keep going to Walmart and getting stopped at the door where they want to check your receipt and then you're offended because they think that you're stealing. So start pulling your money. You know what I mean? Put your money back into people who understand where you come from, know you, and will definitely provide great customer service. I'm with it. Shad, let's kick it over to you, my man, because mm-hmm. I know you have a pretty good take on what you feel we should be putting our emphasis on. <clears throat> um, yeah, so... For a lot of people don't know that I, I do have uh, quite a bit of background in education. Uh, I am, I've been teaching for about seven years now in a primary school, um, K through five. Uh, my, my take on how we can keep this train moving is that I firmly believe that we, our generation, the old, like the people who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, aren't really going to be the solution to a lot of the stuff that we're seeking. I feel like the kids, and to be honest, our kids' kids are gonna be the ones who are going to you know, force the change that we're looking for. I think that we have a, an extreme duty to pour into the youth and make sure that they're cultivating the ideas that are going to be necessary for them to be in positions of power, whether it's in, you know, um, politics, uh, judges, um, shoot, law enforcement, um, you know, and then continue, and also continue to tap into the the areas that people quote unquote say that you know all the black black people you know people of color go to sports and entertainment. I, f- I have a whole other take on sports and entertainment when it comes to, to, to African-Americans. Like, we still need to keep our stronghold in that. Uh, but but my t- my, again, I, I truly believe that, that we need to continue to do what we're doing, voice, make our voices be heard, but really take in, like, the youth and feel, like, love on them primarily, number one, and really fill their head with ideas and, and, and really push them to want to do more, to have confidence, to to want to be, you know, to, to want to educate themselves in whatever field that they feel like is going to make a change. So, and also, Trav kind of really hit on education a, a bit, um, and I feel like 
I feel like the segregation piece or having safe spaces is 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 very it's very important. I think it's very it's, it's very much needed. But in the education sense, and again, this is me working in you know I work in work on the north side of Houston, and you know teachers come in all you know come from all different backgrounds. I feel like that yes, it will be phenomenal to have you know all black educators you know pr black principals in a school that serves our our kids but i think one of the main problems that we're seeing now is that there's a there's a lack of understanding and a lack of respect from people who are outside of our community and i feel like in education i personally have seen with my eyes heard conversation and see people who are not from the black the african american community like learn like physically learn from being in these spaces and understanding like the plight of you know the black person and understanding like the things that we go through and the, a lot of things that our kids struggle with and them being able to kind of turn around and kind of really shape how they how they see the black community and yes it's our fight to fight but we need like <laughs> you was like you said that we don't like we should have our allies like I feel like we can have allies from all communities and I feel like I feel like the education field is a is a space where I guess you're going to have some 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 people who who just they're only going to see it the way that they've been brought up to but then there's open-minded people who who are going to come in and really honestly want to do the work and want to understand like where what we're living and want to help make a change. And again, this is me speaking from like the like kids, like pouring into them, growing their minds, and w pushing them to become a better them. And I feel like that that space, we have to. Again, we I feel like we have to command it as a black community. But I do feel like that there is space for other people to kind of come in and also learn and also implore on kids and, and push the change that we want to see. So kind of, I guess, elaborating on that point, we kind of talked about this the other day, parents, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even you as an educator, right? Mm -hmm. I was a coach for five, six, seven mm -hmm. years. You're only going to be with the child for a very small portion of their day and on a larger scale, a small portion of their life. Mm -hmm. Majority of their life is going to be spent with their parents or on their, in their neighborhoods with the people that they grew up around. So how as a community do we combat? Because I personally believe one of the biggest plights that our community faces is just lack of great parenting. And that's either from not having the proper knowledge or being raised to be a great parent or just kind of mimicking what you saw growing up but how do we combat that because where there are you know not up to standard parenting there will be not up to standard children who will grow up to be the next generation of parents and then so on and so forth as we know all of this stuff is learned right it's taught to them so how do we kind of attack this from both angles because we can't just say oh you know love on kids here and there and they still have to go home and be unloved or not unloved, but, you know, misinformed for the other 20, 22 hours a day. Yeah. How do we kind of. I mean, that? it's to be honest, it's always going to be it's, it's always going to be a fight. It's always going to be an uphill battle with, when it comes to that. Um, I, I feel like. 
I feel like people <laughs> with the youth, they, they really look at the entertainers, the sports figures, the people that they look up to. I feel like they have to, like, yes, they're not in the household, but a kid spend so much time on social media, internet, consuming this stuff, the music that they listen to, like the messaging and, like, and music and things like that. I feel like those, if, if, if the home situation is not ideal, again, like I feel like our part as a society, like we have to like keep in mind the message that we're, that we're sending kids. If it's by black, you know, like how can we, how can we relay that message in a way where, yes, we understand it as adults, but how can we relay that message to kids in order for them to like start getting that ingrained in their head? Because like you said, we had a conversation. He was like, when you, when, you when you were a kid, think about like the sneakers that you wanted to wear. Like, well, you want to wear Nike, you want to wear, you know, Adidas or whatever. Now we have more black owned businesses who are creating more apparel and footwear and things like that. How can we change the message and kind of get them focused on, yes, okay, this brand is a black owned brand. It's cool to wear it. And hey, look, this is what that person did in order to get there. Like having that message. And again, I feel like social media, media in general, Honestly, that, like that stuff is raising kids nowadays. For it, it's it's sad. It's sad. Like for 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 those for the for those children who don't really have a great, um, you know, parenting structure. You know, they're they're getting a lot of their their information and just the way they the way they move and operate from being at school, and then you know, meet social media, TV, music. You know, so I feel like. Pushing, pushing a message, a better message in those areas can help, but again, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle at all times. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think that, but that I feel like that pushes right back into the whole separation thing because we're still fighting against the current here. You know, we can have all these black owned businesses, but at the end of the day, who does the mainstream media like promote more so than anything? Because all they got to do is put a black face in front of it. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, Nike, Nike got it because Nike put Kaepernick on. And since Kaepernick was protesting, now everybody went and bought more money. They put more money into Nike. Not to mention, guess who Nike had to deal with? The NFL. So you were still paying the NFL anyways, even though you were trying to stick it to the man. That's what they always want to do. And we're like I said, it's chess. You know, what I mean, <laughs> not checkers. Chestnut checkers. So I feel that it would be very important if we could, because at this point in 2020, we should have black principals, black teachers who can get on point with it. I'm not saying to keep, you know, what I mean, uh, to be cut out from them forever, but take about four to five, maybe even six years, maybe 10 at max, because we 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 need we got a lot of work to do with our people. I mean, a ton of work. We have to go through a whole re-education, like a whole process of re-education, learning to love yourself, learning to love your hair, learning, you know, because like I said, I grew up, my mom used to tell me, you need to cut your hair, it's nappy, it's ugly. Because that was what she grew up, you know what I mean, was being told. She grew up in a time, you know, where, where dudes were perming their hair and stuff, like the Temptations, you know? So, <laughs> and she tried to do that to our hair. 
So, you know, she tried, she legit tried to put a perm, in, a perm. Me, in my brother's hair. <laughs> but, it, hey, it burned, bro. But, <laughs> but that's... When you move from the seat, it's going to be but, a, big, a big patch of soul gold right, right there on the, so on the, school, on the couch. <laughs> but, but, that's, but that's my point. You know what I mean? Exactly. We're still, you know what I mean? That generational... Uh, that generational racism is still passed on. It doesn't matter, you know. What I mean, if we're, con- if we're if we're continuing to mingle with everybody, and we're so busy trying to make friends with everybody else instead of us actually working on uh, ending generational curses, then we'll never make progress. So, you know, what I mean, the allies are good. It's fun, and some of them may mean well, but we need to literally pull out, relax for a while, for a while, get real acclimated with everybody. And understand that we we all we're all that we got, because now we still we still have some you know like, I mean when the George Floyd situation happened now you still have sisters who are still upset and saying that no one said anything about Breonna Taylor, so we have to go through that. I think that's very important that black boys need to come up understanding how important you know that it is to respect, love, and protect black women. We're not getting that in the school system. They're not teaching you that, at all. You know what I mean? They don't teach you about, you know, loving or respecting your own brothers, you know what I mean, that's walking around you and everything. It's always, uh, you could be flexing and that's just it. That's what it is. And just like Brent said before, you know, like the top thing of, uh, you know, the top issue with certain communities is pro- poverty. And that's why you have your black on black crime because in that area, it's very poverty stricken, if I'm using that correctly. And, you know, that's all it is. It's just everybody within that same vicinity trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll offer this as a thought. Um, Shad, you talked about how children nowadays are raised by social media, entertainers, all of that type of stuff. And Trav, you mentioned how we kind of need to, you know, pull out, so to speak, and just, you know, take some time with ourselves. I agree with both sentiments, and I believe that they are not mutually exclusive because even in pulling out, social media is there we will be exposed to the media. I don't care where we go, if we are on the internet, if we are exposed to these mediums, that information is gonna be there. We're gonna to have to see it. So what I kind of see is the common denominator between both is as we've talked about a million times as a group, critical thinking. People need to be able to, I don't, I don't think there's a problem with having all of this information. I think the problem is what happens when people get it, they can't download it and decipher the bullshit from the good shit. And that to me is a much bigger issue than what's actually being pushed. At the end of the day, I I remember we went through this problem, I think it was like 10, 15 years ago where people could just update a Wikipedia page because they wanted to. Yeah. Anybody, you could go on there and put anything you wanted to on there. But if you believe everything you see immediately (laughs) as fact, that's an issue. I don't care how much pulling out we do. We could blindfold everybody for all we care. Nothing's going to work. So I think what we need to do, pull out is fine. And since we understand that children are being raised on social media and all these other mediums, what we need to do is be bringing our young brothers and sisters up learning how do I take a piece of information, dissect it, and then actually have a proper take. And that doesn't mean that there's a right or a wrong answer. All that means is that you have an informed opinion. Me and you can read the same exact article 
you can feel one way about it. I can feel a completely other way about it. But as long as that opinion is informed, we can have a proper dialogue. We can agree to disagree. And I can come out of that knowing like, you know what? I may not agree with what he's saying, but I respect how he got to his conclusion because at least he did his research. At least he knew what he was talking about. And you can stand firm in your position because you did that research and because you know what you're talking about. I think a lot of people, they get thrown off their topic. You ask them one question, they're pissed at you because they never did any research in the first place. So they don't even know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're arguing you about. Right. That's an issue to me. We already know as black people, we are emotional creatures. We have a heightened sense of emotions and that's not a problem, but we've got to be able to take in information, criticism, all this other stuff, and then discern like, okay, what do I need? What don't I need? Like our bodies do. You eat a, you eat a piece of food, it takes the nutrients, it, craps out the other stuff. We have to be able to do that in our minds. So I think critical thinking is something that as a community, we can really nail down and we can start that now. And that goes back to what you were saying about educators. I was on a call the other day where it was a white woman was on, we were doing a call about race and we had a white woman on the call and she's also a teacher. And she was very eye-opened by some of the things that we were talking about. And she was just asking like, you know, well, what can I do as an educator right, to kind of get this ball, you know, rolling. Like, and we were like, you're in a great position because you have the minds of the youth. You have the minds that will be sitting where we're sitting when technology is even better, you know, when even more information is out there for people. When we got microchips in our arms, you know, when we get to that point, you are talking to those people. So, you know, we got to talking about critical thinking, allowing them to read these things. You have, look, We talked about this in the car ride over here. You have to be able to go through all the emotions, the anger, the sadness. You can't just try to keep children in a happy place all the time. Right. You have to be able to go through these emotions, sit in them, feel them, and be like, okay, I understand where this is coming from. And it doesn't control you that way. So as educators, you're able to do that. So I think both of your points really tie in well as long as they're executed properly and as long as this is, is first and foremost, you know, as long as we really, you know, get on these children like, hey, yes, so, okay, you read that. What does it mean? How does that make you feel? We don't ask kids that enough. Nope. How do you feel? Nope. And we might ask it, but I want you to mean it when you ask it. When you ask someone how they feel, they, they can't lie to you. You and can't tell someone they don't feel how they feel. Yeah, but also push, push, not even kids, but push people to really, like, to really elaborate. Because, like, a lot of times you ask someone or even ask a kid, hey, how you doing? I'm good. Tell me more. Like, make them critically think about what's, what, why, what do I feel good about? Do I really feel good or am I just saying that just because? Just because it's something quick and easy to kind of get out. Like, if I really feel good, I need you, I want you to tell me, like, tell me more. Why are you, why do you feel good? And make them go through that emotion, like, okay, I feel good because, dun, 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 you know, whatever the case may be. That's, I feel like that is very important, a part, and again, part of just the processing part. Yeah. Social workers, for sure. Um, I think um, it's funny, Brent said that too about uh, social media, by the way, because I had seen a post, and actually, there, a brother did come out with his own social media outlet. And what there, what, there's um, some brothers and sisters who are actually working to start pulling. Uh, you know, more black people into that, that link. Um, there's still some developments on it, but um, 
I'm still with you. I'm a little iffy about it because how many ways can that go? Because everybody, like I said, right now we all assume what we think the black thing is to do, um, which is, you know, like issues I had with certain models here. They all thought that that's how to get into the modeling industry, doing video vix and stuff. And I'm like, that's not modeling at all. I mean, it, I mean, it's a, it's a type of modeling, but it's not what you want to do. If you want to do editorial, you know, like high fashion stuff, that's not it. You're not going to get far with the with the big eyelashes and always showing your butt and everything you know it's i mean it's nice but it's not going to get you where you want to go so um to 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 a point is like i just i keep saying that re-education system and if you have to in that isolation you you just may have to cut off all um you know kind of like how china does they don't let anybody <laughs> in bro I'm just saying. Bro, like, that is not going to be no, our no, no, model listen, society. Hey, hold on, hold on. I'm going to Africa. Oh, Look at me and take, take it straight back to Ghana. And, I'm on, coming with listen, you. Hold on, hold on. And listen, and listen. But it works, though. There's no, there's, hold on, hold on. But it, it works to a T. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say 100%. I'm just I'm not going to say 100%. I'm not going to say 100%. But what I'm saying is this, though. How much of an outside influence is a part of their culture? See, no, but see, okay. So you're thinking about on, the parts of it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I, I, and like I, I said, not 100%. Saying, I get what you're right. saying. Yeah, because you, you, you got to be very specific gonna, when you start to talk about China. And listen, and that's. He's <laughs> I'm serious, bro. <laughs> but that's why, that's why, that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Not 100% on everything, but you may have to, you just may have to block out other like media outlets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the media, the media never does a good job at, you know what I mean, representing any story. It's always just what's juicy for them. Yeah. Regardless, that's right. what I'm saying. So yeah, you know it's better I mean? to be first than to be right. Yeah, right. Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean. So yeah. you have to block it out, block it all out. You know, um, same thing. Like I said with the the, uh, the Malcolm X documentary I was watching, they kept saying that Malcolm X was the number two man of the Muslim movement, and he kept repeatedly saying in every interview, "I am not the successor. I am the minister. I'm not the number two guy." And that's what helped cause the rift. You know, one of the many things that caused the rift between him and Elijah Muhammad. Because the media kept throwing these little, you know, planting these little seeds. Oh, the number two guy. Oh, okay. And then there were other ministers who, who decided, uh, what's his name? James Shabazz. Malcolm has a lust for power. He wants to take over the, the nation. Things like that. So then, you know what I mean? In a, in a big group setting, that's what happens. So you, 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 you are going to have to shut out the media at some point. Um, but, you know, I mean, I agree with everything that Shad said, you know. So, so what I want to do to kind of close us out is for the viewers that are watching, I want to, you know, give them one thing that they can take with them to kind of get this journey started. Because as we've talked about before, it's not all on us, right? You don't have to do 57,000 things this week or you didn't do nothing for the community, blah, 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 blah. Any small thing that you can do is going to help this community. Any one or two things that you can commit to over a lifetime, trust and believe it helps. So I'm going to start with you, Shad, and I want to kind of get one thing that you can give the people that they can do and start today and sustain to be able to see this black community get stronger. So I would say son, daughter, brother, sister, niece, nephew, someone younger than you, uh, take, you know, take the time to sit down with them. Number one, ask them how they are feeling. 
um, with everything going on and just have just have informed discussion with them about things that are important to them and what they should be doing in order to get there. There's levels to that type of conversation, whether you're talking to a nine, 10 year old, a five year old, a 15, 16 year old, but making sure that those conversations are, are informed, you're loving on that person, build, building their confidence, because again, I feel like confidence is an, is an important thing. Without confidence, you're, it's gonna be very hard for you to, to attain whatever your dream is. Um, and do this on a regular basis. Repetition, 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 and have those ideas ingrained in the mind so that when it comes time for them to make that crucial decision on what they're gonna do, you know, they have enough tools in the toolkit to be able to execute what it is that they what they want what they feel like they want to do. Um, one of many things, uh, there is a uh, nonprofit um, called Alloy. It's A L L I O. Um, what it is is a um, again a nonprofit that helps Black business owners get their businesses registered. Um, they strictly make their money from donations. So if you know if you'd like to donate, please do so. Um, I'm have link, uh, Brent put the link in the in the bio. And if you are looking to have your business registered, LLC, sole proprietor, all you have to do <clears throat> is fill out the application, <laughs> and you will go through a process, and it will help you get your business started. That will get your foot in the door for Black business owners. We've already been able to uh, have uh, help four Black women get their businesses LLC, and you know. So far, we're, we're just tracking and making sure that they're on a good path, um, and we just hope to keep it growing. For me, it's the same thing that I've been preaching for a long time now. Switch one item in your life, or even a service, item or a service, over to something that's black-owned. Let's take us, for example, the studio that we're in right now is black-owned, and we will continue to use for the duration of this podcast for however long uh, they will allow us, right? Anything, toothbrushes, toothpaste, like Trav said, you can hop on We Buy Black. They have all sorts of items. Anything that you could imagine, they have it. And if you can find one or two things that you can commit to changing in your life, something you buy monthly, something you buy yearly, right? If you can change one or two of those things to black owned, you have now helped to keep dollars circulating into our communities. Because at the end of the day, unfortunately, money is power and we need to keep more money, power, and influence into our communities. Yes, 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 yes. That's going to do it for this episode of Raw Daddy Hour. I want to thank my brothers for coming on. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. And we will catch y'all in the next one. Deuces.